I'm Tara. I'm Ryan. We love Disney movies. So we decided to watch them all, from Snow White to Frozen 2 and beyond. Each episode, we'll watch a different Walt Disney Animated Studios film and tell you all about it. Did we like it? Does it hold up? Who's our favorite hero? Or villain. We'll give you history and fun facts about each movie. And sometimes, we'll invite our friends to watch along with us. So put on your tiara. Or your evil crown. And join us on our adventure. This is Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries mini tale. We are discussing Cruella. Cruella. Now, I think we should celebrate this episode by spending the entire time talking like talking Cruella. Talking like, no, everyone in this movie <laughs> drags all their lines out and makes them sound very menacing. I like and it. And there's a lot of double entendre, not like sexual double entendre, but just like. It's very dramatic. There's a lot of under the surface tension working. And drama. Yes. A lot of <laughs> long brought out words that may have a double meaning. No. I think it's fantastic. Did you did you enjoy this one? I really liked it, it a was, lot. I, I liked it too. Um, We're definitely going to go into spoiler territory, but I well, think before we do that... Let's do like we did with Ryan, the yeah. Last Dragon, where from now until we tell, we tell you, you, we will not do big spoilers. We'll just kind of give you our general impressions. And then, you know, I mean, I, this movie's full of like twists and turns, but you know, it's not a twisty M. Night Shyamalan movie. But um, it's it you know we we won't give away those things when we do later. But we yeah. will talk a little bit more I, about what happens in the movie. I really liked it, but I think it was marketed to me. Like I love a heist <laughs> movie, and there's some of that in there. I love a darker twist on a character, and that's very much brought up in here. I mean, they leave nothing out. We find out everything about Cruella's backstory, and again, we won't go into it in this part. But I appreciate that. Sometimes they over cross their T's down at their eyes. Yes. Uh, but I really, I think a lot of thought was put into, okay, what do we know as Corella, the current character, and how do we get this character to that point? Right? Mm-hmm. And I think, I think there was a lot of thought in how to do that in an interesting way. I want to talk a little bit about how we've all just accepted that Corella is a fashion designer. Which I think is something that's... She wanted to make a coat out of the Dalmatians. And in the cartoon, we talked about this when we did uh, Glenn Close's version. That's what I'm going to talk about. Yeah, Yeah. they kind of adopt it, the Glenn Close fashion designer. And that's kind of what I meant by they've taken everything we currently know about Cruella and they elevated it and they connected the dots in between all of the different films that have existed about her and i was saying i think credit where credit is due not only is this you know something that's taking influence from the 1961 animated movie i think you know going back to that was our first mini tale yeah and we were just like impressed at how much we enjoyed that movie Mm -hmm. and apparently it's had a uh influence it's our what i'm saying is that the 1996 performance from Glenn Close had such an influence on other people as well. And an impact. Yeah, I would yeah. agree with that. On on the character as a whole. And if you're comparing the two, that one is much more campy and lighthearted. I will say that. This one it's goes very dark. very dark, which I really enjoy. But it's something when you're thinking, yeah, is that what it's rated? If it's not, it's one of those 
Um, um, let's look at it. I think if it's not, it's it's one of those um, like technicality PGs mm-hmm. where they don't have because there's not a lot of cursing. Um, and there's anything like that. And there's not blood or guts, but the well, and the smoking ban. It is PG thirteen. Okay. And the smoking ban. Disney has a smoking ban. There's no smoking in any of Disney's new movies. And I was reading something where Emma. That's been Stone, around for a while. But where Emma Stone said, you know, it was kind of difficult to get in that character of Cruella taking that out. Well, I, I think, mean, she did a lot of other amazing things with the character. I think she's whether she's smoking a cigarette or not. She is smoking. Every time she's on screen, yes. she just is slinky. She saunters in and, just, and oh, it's so good. So let's talk about her for a second. Really good. Like, Great. I know she some people aren't a so, big fan of her. I but, really loved her in this role. Yes. I really loved her. Um, you see her in two different lights uh, because yes. we we learn that Cruella grew up as Estrella. So you do see who Estrella is. I think it's Estella. Oh, Estella. Excuse me. Yes, you're right. You see who Estella is and you see who Cruella is. And I think Emma Stone did a really good job. They have similarities and then where they're different, right? Yes. And I think she did that very well. Well, we talked about this. When Cruella appears, it's almost... There's a lot of beats in this that feel a lot like a superhero movie. Yeah, it's a, super a lot villain. like a Batman villain. She right. does have... And we said that from the trailers on the Facebook page. But there are a lot of moments in this where I'm like, oh, that's the Joker. Oh, that's this villain. Well, like, the, the, you know, it's... Not just that. I'm talking about, like, she has a lot of Clark Kent moments. Yes, that's where it's, true. Where it's like she yeah. runs into people... And she's Cruella, and then she has a different hair color and all this, and she's Estella, and she's but she's doing that thing where she's like, "Don't you think Cruella is but like saying things that yes. she knows will needle uh, the Baroness played by Emma Thompson and believe a me, national we'll get to treasure. Her in a I mean, yeah. she, every, well, not this nation. Oh, she's British. Well, I believe she's a dame. Is she a dame? She's got to be lady. A lady. Well, there's dame. I don't hold on. You keep talking. Although I was talking, you talk about something and I'll look yes. it up. Vamp, vamp. <laughs> um, this is how you know we're American and we're not British. Just surprise. That's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, she's a dame. She's dame, a dame. Dame Emma Thompson. Yes. Um, yes, she is amazing in everything she does. I'm obsessed with Emma Thompson and I think she was great in this film. Um, and she is the villain. You know, I mean, Cruella is the villain, but she's an even darker yes. version uh, without so, us going into any more you know spoiler details on that in this moment well i love there's the scene where uh estelle is working for her and she shows her the dress and she has i thought this was going to come into play more it really doesn't but she has like a shaving razor yeah it's like that a she uses blade. to cut things cut fabric and she cuts uh estelle she's like oh and then she holds up her hand and looks at it and you think it's to be like oh no i've hurt you and she goes can I get this color yes, fabric? That color <laughs> like, fabric. But you also see that Estella is kind of into that. Like she kind of like at that moment she's kind of she kind of she doesn't covet, but she respects her for that Well, yeah. That not energy, but she doesn't what I wanna say is gonna get quacked out. She gives no. Fuck. Like, oh how would goodness. I say? Oh how my. would I say that otherwise? Hold on. Can you give me a moment? To... 
Whew. Um, How would you say that otherwise? No, she, she. Well, it's it's interesting because I think what they took out of this story of Corella and what makes Corella an interesting character and one that's beloved by a lot of people. She was our number one villain. She was our yeah. number one villain for thirty years until Ursula mm-hmm. came along. Yeah. Um, but I think there's something to be. There's a character from some. Oh, Cordelia from Buffy. Yeah. That you really like. We start going through Buffy again, and I think there's something with that where where there's a an empathy women maybe have for Corella because Corella gives no cares about yes. like anything, and she's like, "This is what I am." And even though she's a bad person, she's a bad person on her. She's a, she's an evil on character her own on terms. her own terms and this mm-hmm. and this. And I think they kind of do that here, where it's like. I'm not going to let anyone push me around and I'm going to do this and I'm right. I'm, I, she says something at one point, she's like, I'm brilliant. I'm bad. And I'm I'm just a little little bit mad. And that's in one of the trailers too. I've seen that. And I think that kind of sums up her character. And I think that's why she's appealing to people. And I think there's something there with the Baroness where she's gone into a route where she's way, way worse as a person. Yeah. She's irredeemable. Whereas what we're watching, we could see Corella turn a corner, potentially, one way or the other. Well, let me talk about that, because I think one of the things we talked about in Maleficent and with some of these movies is the need to make you like the main character. Well, and, and I... Th- don't, well, not like. To make them somewhat likeable. redeemable. And I think this does... This This is somewhere like if Maleficent is on one side where it's like we have to make Maleficent a likable character who's been misunderstood. And you have Joker, like the movie Joker, on the other side mm-hmm. where it's like... You you don't like Joker. You just kind of see how he got there. Yeah. Cruella feels a little bit in the middle because her ultimate win at the end, spoiler alert, is self. It's her. It's not a greater good or anything. So you yeah. get away with like liking that character and having her do this thing, but it's a personal goal. Yeah. So it's not like Maleficent where it's like the kingdom is happy again, mm-hmm. you know. I do think though that they take you through a journey with her where you sympathize and you empathize with her and you really identify mm-hmm. with her and then there's a point where you're like, "Oh, I don't really like what she's doing. I don't like what she's becoming. I don't like how she's treating her family." Well, and to, to that- put a, a finer point on it, the Baroness drives away family Cruella learns has a family and like and learns the importance of what that means and i think that's what keeps her from tipping too far into irredeemable but i think you do have all of those feelings as you're watching her yes through this film um you want to talk about your cousin a little bit sure i mean it's kind of a weird (laughs) thing to talk about because we've never met uh he my parents and his parents his mom specifically um they all grew up together. So they all know each other fairly well, even though we don't live close at all. So I we've never met. We're talking about Paul Walter Hauser, who yes. plays uh, Horace. Horace. Now, I also want to... We'll talk about both of them, because the other... The one who plays Jasper, I don't remember his name. I'm looking it up right so, now, and it's Joel Fry. Yeah, so I want to brag on both uh, Horace and Jasper, but I, I feel weird like being like, my cousin, because, yeah, oh, technically no, we're great. related. I want to meet him. I hope he listens to this. Hi, Paul uh let's go watch some wrestling sometime you're great uh, big um, wrestling fan yeah, i hope so. i hope no. someday i get to meet him but and they're both very good in they're this amazing role. in these roles i will say paul walter hauser i laughed so much at him and yes. he's had a lot of comedic roles before his big role as richard jewel i think mm-hmm. that's where he came on the scene in a different way mm-hmm. i mean he had done i believe dramatic some dramatic stuff before that I, you know um 
and I, Tanya, and, you know, we've kind of been... I, again, this is the director of I, Tanya, yeah. Craig Gillespie, which and I didn't realize. We've been following his career for a bit, but I just think he was perfectly... I think the film was perfectly cast. Yes. I really enjoyed everyone in the roles that they were in. I like that Jasper has a little bit of a closer relationship with Estella, mm-hmm. Corella. Um, I, I like their story, how they meet. They all meet when they're young and, and they become family. And I really enjoy that backstory. I just think really great performances by both of them. I, I, yeah, I think this movie, it looked like everyone was really just enjoying their role in a lot of yeah. ways. Um, one thing I want to go back to for a sec, we we're talking about kind of the relationship between the Baroness and Corella. Mm-hmm. That feels like I'm really would like to see the two of them interviewed together because I think they're very similar actors and that they both got some really good dramatic chops, but they're both also kind of kooky people in real life and they do some comedy too. Yeah. That I, I would, I, so I'd like to see that maybe, it, it, I don't know this is true. I would like it if the, this was true that they maybe that relationship kind you know, they would, she was a mentor to. Emma Stone. The two mm. Emmas were kind of a mentor yeah. in real life too, because I I'd like to imagine those two got along real well. It could be a yeah. The Rock it and looks, Vin Diesel situation for all I know. So. But I it, hope it not, did not come off like that on it, screen. It came off that they had a lot of that everyone in the cast enjoyed working with one mm-hmm, another. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't know if that's true, but it really felt that way, and they felt like yeah a very close knit group of um, individuals. That was something I really liked about the movie was the acting. Let's talk a little bit about the costume design because oh my it was gosh awesome. i obsessed when we did the glenn close one i was like oh my gosh i'd cosplay as this one of glenn close of this one like i obsessed over the costumes and that this takes it to a whole nother level and if you've seen any of the trailers you have seen some of the reveals but the one that you don't see is that signature piece and i'm only gonna say that mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. we're in non-spoiler territory but that was stunning and then what happens to that piece was like wild and there are so many moments in this film where I'm usually pretty good at seeing the twists and I don't know if part of it was because I was so entranced and so here for the film like I was in the experience but there are a couple twists that I really didn't see coming that I think you will enjoy, especially if you mm-hmm, enjoy mm-hmm. the character of Corella and kind of see what happens with that. There's, we're going to get into a little bit of, I, I'm going to right now, some of the well, actual costumes because I want to say oh, one thing to everybody. Okay. The costume she does where she gets up on the car and it's like that. The garbage truck costume? No, no, no. The one before oh. that where they tie the Baroness oh, into the yes, car. Oh, yes. And she, yes. And it's like a, it's like medals and stuff. Didn't that look like Radigan? Didn't that have like it real did, like when Radigan yeah. And we, Radigan? we see that in one of the trailers you see her with the medals but i don't see you think the full reveal yeah and the full reveal is so brilliant because what she's doing the statement she's making with it yes and the garbage i'm gonna just say the garbage truck dress again just garbage truck dress is great so so good um but let's this is a movie about fashion but even the fashion at the beginning because she meets up with Horace and Jasper. They talk about how they become thieves together and she sews all their costumes. Yeah. She does all their disguises. Disguises. And those just like the seventies British suits. Yeah. The maid outfit, the bell hop outfit. Not even that. I'm just talking about when they're looking nice. Oh yes. I was trying to look like, I'm sure you were looking at some of the female 
like the the women's fashion going oh look mm-hmm. at that i'm looking at like the men's cuts of the suits and stuff yeah i love that look now we recently did uh aladdin mm-hmm. 2019's aladdin on here and it's funny to me because if you would have told me if you would have shown me a clip from aladdin and a clip from this movie and gone which one was directed by guy Ritchie, i would have said this because i feel like the fashion in this one is always what he's trying to do in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, Snatch, mm. and, and, and all his movies are that he always wants like criminals to look like this like well-dressed 70s look like yeah. they look in that movie. So if you've seen those movies, you get an idea of what they look like. I, I mean, I could go on and on. Her lipstick where she does where she comes up on the motorcycle and the lipstick has like glitter in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I'm sure is completely uncomfortable to wear or do anything with. But Yeah, like... no, there's just the makeup, the costume, everything. It was... What I like about this is there was so much attention to detail. Everything was thought out. Mm-hmm. And I think it just made for such a good film. Um, well, some of the... Th- oh. I was going to say, the, the, the things that you're saying, everything, attention to detail, I think this could have gone a little bit edited a little bit better. Or the, or the, there's some parts that were kind of drag in the middle. There's a part where you and I went, how much longer is this? Kind of like in the... If it's divided into fourths, like the, the third, fourth. Yeah, I would say that. But I guess what I mean by attention to detail is like, everything as far as the costumes as far as the story i just yeah. think there was a lot of thought put into what makes this character interesting what do people want to see yeah and like... then also taking into account what we already know about the character yeah. they didn't erase anything that we already knew they incorporated no. that i guess that's maybe what i was trying to say i wanted to highlight just a couple other like general things that we really liked okay and then we'll move into a little more spoily territory yeah the opening is black and white which i just thought was really cool except when they for should, disney. except for disney's in red yeah uh but when you see the castle it's in black and white so that was just fun and then us coming to the realization that anita darling darling is anita's last name and i don't know that we knew that and maybe if we go back and listen to the the animated episode maybe, maybe we, we talk about that. that i don't know but we kind of forgot about that um oh one thing i want to say when she's in that um, private school and she's getting all those marks for, you know, oh, sticking yeah. up for herself when the boys are picking on her, none of those boys got reprimanded. And that's what I'm saying. I think this is that I think this movie is going to be very I, I, um, int- I think she's going to be a cool character for, for yes. women. I think yeah, because I, I think it's going to that where the boys are bullying her and she's standing up for herself. But and she's, then the she's the one who's getting, getting the marks. Yes. Yeah. We that's a relatable character. Yes. We talked about the soundtrack throughout that we really enjoyed it. And then there does come to a <laughs> point where we There's feel there was maybe one too many music cues. Needle drops. Needle drops. The, the, yeah. the, like something happened and it's like. Music. Yeah. Like they yeah. play like Queen or something. And like I but think they could have trimmed out a lot of they it. They could have yeah. trimmed out a couple. But I will say I really enjoyed the selections for the most part. I, I will say one thing. And I don't think this is a spoiler. But. At the end, they play Rolling Stone's Sympathy for the Devil, and that was the one time I went, ugh. Like, I think the other ones are such, you know, generally not well-known 70s songs, or like, they're well-known, but they're like... They're, I think there was a good amount of well-known music if you listen to that There's kind of a music, lot of it, but, but I, I never was like, oh, this is too on those. Remember when we watched Suicide Squad, and we were like, what is this? Yes, yeah. It wasn't like that, but the one that was like, this is too on the nose was Sympathy for the Devil at the end. I was yeah. like, if but, I was in the theater, I would have been like, boo. Oh, you would not have. <laughs> well, I, have here's, let's, let's talk about that for a little bit, because we thought about seeing this in a theater, but we ended up not. We stayed at home, but... 
how the heck, Tara, are we going to watch a movie in a theater? We pause. We talk about stuff. I know. Stuff. Now we, that like, we've done this podcast on? for the last year, it's going to be hard to go back. I don't know if we now want to kind of go into a little bit of... Yeah, if it, you know, so from now on, guys, we're going to have some spoilers. Um, if that all sounded good to you, like real quick, sum up for me is... I think if you saw this and you thought you were going to enjoy it, there's a good chance you're going to enjoy it. I think it's totally worth it. I, For us, everybody's finances are different. It was worth it for us to pay for it on Disney+. Plus. For I think us to go to the movies together, two of us, was going to be $24. For six more dollars, we got to watch it. We watched home. it at home. I will say I think it is worth it to see it in the theater, and I think it would probably be even more enjoyable yeah, to absolutely. see it on a big screen. Uh, just not with us, because we would have talked the whole time. <laughs> apparently, yeah. <laughs> So, oh yeah, okay, now that those jerks are gone, here's the real skinny guys. We're here to tell you now that all those other guys... No, I'm just kidding. No, um, it was great. Like, we're here to continue thing, yes. to tell you it was great. Um, but there are some really dark moments, so... It, and maybe we should have said that before the spoily territory. I think about, we said it earlier. Okay. We're good. Uh, I had a lot of, like, Listen, oh my god. I'm, I'm not here to, to parent your kids for you, okay? True. <laughs> um, I had a lot of oh my god moments, like when... Her mother gets attacked by the dogs and falls off the cliff. Yes. I did not see that coming. So, well, I did because apparently that got out on the internet was oh. that Corella's mother was killed by Dalmatians. Everyone's been like, well, this is too on the nose. What is Ursula's mother killed by a pair of legs? I will and I'm say like, the way that they did the story. I th- That's not the whole story. It's not the whole That's story. That's too many spoilers I wanna, don't want to Yeah, I don't want to go into the whole story, but I will say the relationship Corella develops with the dogs i actually really appreciate and enjoy and they don't the thing isn't like her mom is killed by dalmatians and she's like i will have revenge on all dalmatians the dalmatians are just there she blames herself for the murder and then later finds out it's 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 somebody it's else bar- may have done it baroness i baroness. think that's that's yeah. about middle of the movie reveal quote yeah unquote. the uh, first but time again, she we had- are talking about a lot of reveals here yes uh I also... Here's... Let me, let me just say one thing. If you went to go... If you wanted to go see a Cruella movie and you heard that her mother was killed by Dalmatians and you're like, well, that's just stupid. You know what? Don't go see this movie. It's not for you. <laughs> like, well... I think it's not nearly as goofy as it sounds, but like, if you're already going in with your defenses up like that, you know what? Don't go see this movie. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. I uh, think your mind could be changed. Because I don't think it's what it appears to be. I don't be. know. I think you're a very cynical person who doesn't enjoy lightness and, okay. and, and, one, right. and good things in your life. We're really going off on a <laughs> tangent here. Uh, but no, there were so many, like, just, again, talking about, like, attention to detail and little moments. I love that she wants to be a fashion designer since she's a child. Mm-hmm. I love that she's different from everyone else. We find out that her hair, she was born with black and white hair. That I love. I love I that. Love, I love that that's her. And they don't ever say anything. What that is, is like they set it up as a, that is a, it's this very British thing of like, that's not the normal, that's not the status quo. Everyone is like, oh, I'm so sorry for you to the mother when she's yeah. pushing the baby and stuff. And that just, I think that's why this movie worked is it, it, it was that like very British, like she's punk rock. You brought it up. Yeah. She's in, it's in the seventies, but she, her fashion design is like, Getting into that, like, she's David the fu- Bowie. I mean, the future, you know, she's very yes. much future and past in some of her designs as well. But she's, like, taking many different colors and patterns yeah. and mashing them up together. Yeah, I love the scene uh, where she gets drunk and designs the window. Oh, yeah, yeah, she that steals her really boss's good. liquor. Yeah, that's really great. Um, 
we talked about her meeting Horace and Jasper Young. I really enjoy their relationship a lot. What I was saying earlier without really trying to spoil it is you do get to a point when she starts being really cruel to them when she's Cruella. She's no longer Estella. Um, Scoot that up real quick and talk about that or put a pin in that. We'll talk about that. Why she's Cruella and Estella. Oh, sure. So go ahead. So when she's Cruella, she's being very mean to uh, Jasper Horace and, Horace. and Jasper. I'm sorry I didn't mean to derail you there. Oh, okay. And all I was going to say is it, it gave me go away heat. You know, we rate our villains mm-hmm. and I think she had go away heat there. You know, up to that point, you're 100% with her. You know, you feel for her. You understand her motivation. You're with her. But then when she starts acting like how she treats them in the animated version and mm-hmm. how she treats them in the Glenn Close version, I liked it less because I saw how nurturing they were as a as a trio, right? Yes. Whereas in the other two versions, you don't you don't get that relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I found that interesting. Well, they feel just and like hired goons. Circle, they feel just like hired goons in the animated In the other one. ones, they don't yeah. Know, like a, have a history together. Yeah. Um, so just, we've talked about her being Estella and Cruella. When she's young, like her mother, she can be cruel when she's being very blunt about like, that's ugly or this is this. And her mom call they start, your name's Estella, you're not Cruella. And then that becomes like, you need to put Cruella aside. And Cruella eventually emerges as like a second identity. Yes. So yeah. just, just as when we keep saying back and forth, they don't yeah. just one day, she's like, I'm going to be called Cruella now. Like there's kind of a history behind it. Whether you like that or not is a whole different thing. I think thing. they did it well. I enjoyed it. The uh, bigger thing to me is when she's Cruella and she's wearing the super white makeup just around the lair. Oh, <laughs> I was yes. like, that's a little ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of like the Catwoman thing, going back to being a Batman yes. villain. She's she had got Catwoman. A lot of Catwoman yeah, energy, she had a lot of yeah. Catwoman energy and Joker energy. Um, also, I love that all the dogs help with the scam. Like, she has a dog yes. from when she's a child. And then Wink, the one-eyed Chihuahua, who's Horace's dog, which is great. Yes, they're a great addition to this. I estimated that they put that in there so that we would like, from the beginning, we wouldn't be like, I'm here to watch a movie about a dog killer. They're like, no, 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 she She, likes dogs. (laughs) She doesn't harm any dogs. Yeah, they made that seem like that was going to be a bigger reveal when she shows up in a Dalmatian Something you think she's killed. But I think that, that that's what we were talking about where she's on that fine line of does she go over the edge and become the Baroness or I'm not. I'm not talking about the character. I'm talking about oh, the way the movie presented it. I see. It felt like they were going to reveal, look, no, she hasn't killed the dogs. And it kind of just happens. Like the dogs, like they go, yeah. it was going to be a little more like, voila, look, the dogs are still fine. And yeah. they weren't. And then they kept referring to it as a dog. It was, it was very odd. Like sometimes, that's what I'm talking about with the writing. A little bit of it is is iffy here and there, but like mm-hmm. it's a good it's it's a fun movie to check out. Like this is just me being very critical. Yeah, but um, I in my notes here I have Emma Thompson is divine. It's one of the <laughs> she things is. I wrote down. She is so good at it. There's a scene where they're so having great. lunch together. Yes. And well, first of all, the guy can't get the cork off the champagne, oh so my she gosh. just doesn't hit him in the face with the yes. cork. Yes. But then there's a moment. This is something I really liked in the in the in the movie because you see little moments of the Baroness like giving Estella hints or or advice or kind of she does it in such a good way that I wouldn't call it softening up by any other character in any movie standards but in this one you can see she just goes you can't look at obstacles you can't care about obstacles if you do that then they're then you're dead in the water and that to me felt a little bit like her being like 
I get where you're coming from. This is how I got to where I am. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I- well, and at that point, that was when I was like, I wonder if she's on to her yet. And you find out in the next scene that she kind of is yeah. on to her. She, she suspects that Estella is Cruella. Well, because uh, she's like, I hope you have the killer instinct. I hope I do too. That's the what we're talking about yeah. when they talk about it. Everything is like, mmm, mmm. It's, it's just too... <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Uh, I like that it's over the top and, and well, it's a Corella movie. Yeah. It needs to be in a lot of places. Um, I'm also I I also thought it was an interesting choice that the Dalmatians in this film are menacing. The three Dalmatians are you, very menacing, and you don't love them like you love them in the other films. You come to eventually, but you it's come a, to at the end. It's a journey. Yeah. At first, they're weapons. Yeah. yeah, they they yeah they are a weapon. They are the Baroness's weapon, and it, it's a very interesting take on it. Uh, so I found that um, an interesting twist. Oh, when the so the whole there's a whole reveal of how she realizes she's connected to the Baroness, and I almost don't want to go into Let's that because that's a big because, one yeah. but there's a necklace that's involved mm-hmm. and so the dog one of the dogs eat the necklace the dalmatians and that's why they capture the dogs and when so they're, they're trying to poop it yeah out. and then they use a metal detector which I yes just thought was you so see the funny. dog sitting and then you never actually see you know probably another tasteful choice you never actually see dog poop yeah. but it's just you see a metal detector go down and he's like nothing <laughs> i just think that that's just a fun moment yeah. hey you told me in the interview that paul walter hauser based his uh, accent off of somebody did you remember who that was uh, i can just look up the article okay so uh i will share this article i think i shared it on my yes. personal page but not on the facebook page for the podcast so I, and who did he do his accent off of? he based it off of bob hoskins okay that makes total uh, he sense. said there's a, this is quoting paul walter hauser there's a moment in hook when robin williams is peter pan mm. but he's sort of not peter pan yet bob hoskins looks at him and says he's peter pan all right He's just been gone from Neverland so long that he's forgotten everything. I was doing that voice, saying that line when I was 10 years old. So I had 20 years of mimicking Bob Hoskins uh. from Hook. So he said I copy and pasted that voice on the, the character. Yeah, that's what he sounds like. He does sound like Bob, yeah, Bob I, Hoskins. There's a lot of really interesting, it's a really good interview, uh, the article. So I will definitely share that because there's a lot of insight, not only to his character, but just insight into the film and how they worked on it. Do you got any more notes you want to share? Uh, Anything else we want to cover? More things, I think. Uh, oh, I just want to talk about, this is a big spoiler, but that signature dress and how we think it's jewels. Oh, that dress. Yes, 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 yeah, yeah, how we think it's jewels and she sews it and she does the they stage a break in that they have to know that uh the baroness thinks Corella tried to break in so they put all the the costumes in the vault and then they can't open the vault and then when they open the vault and we realize that they were it's all, all moths. They're mm-hmm. moths cocoon yeah i just thought that that was yeah. so cool and that was a very batman villainy yes. moment when they all come out of the vault but that whole scene was so so cool um their biggest twist i don't want to spoil here but i didn't see it coming and i'll just leave it at that yeah some of them i i did you see that one coming? If I did, it was like minutes, minutes before. before it like, happened. Yeah. Uh, oh, I also wrote here, so towards the end, the Baroness has her big charity gala, and she sends costumes to everyone who's invited, so they have to wear what she sent them. And, of course, Corilla changes that up, and she sends them outfits instead, so they all come as a version of Corilla. And I wrote Night of a Thousand Corellas, and if you've watched, there's a documentary on Netflix, uh 
about Schitt's Creek, there is in New York, I believe in New York City, but they might do it in other places as well, the Night of a Thousand Moiras, where everybody comes dressed in drag as different Moiras. And it just had that feeling to me of everybody dressing as Cruella. And so I just had that moment of that similarity, which I thought was super fun. I also loved... Paul Walter Hauser in drag. In drag, I thought it was great. There's a shot of there's a thing in there where he's dressed up as Krell. It's pretty great. Yeah. A uh, couple things I want to talk about. First of all, this movie felt very queer coded. Oh, uh, we haven't talked about Artie. Artie, and that's what I was going to bring okay, up. Yeah. Artie is her fashion designer friend. She kind of meets on the street, like she goes into he a has shop. Like a consign. I, I mean, it's more than a consignment shop because he's got designer label stuff. Yes. But um, that's kind of how they meet. She sees one of the dresses that the Baroness did in an earlier collection years ago and sees it in the window. Mm -hmm. And that's what kind of attracts her in. Yeah. So he was, I really liked his character. One thing I don't want to forget is at the beginning, she's watching an old movie and I forgot this actress's name, but we're pretty sure it's the actress who inspired. I think it was because the laugh sounded very, it sounds exactly. And we talk about that in the animated version. Yeah. If you want to check that out. Uh, but yeah, I loved Artie. I could have used a little bit more of Artie, but there was a lot. It'd be nice to see a gay character in a romantic role in a Disney film. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I think they they he was pretty much out and proud, and that that's good to see in these movies. Yeah. So I mean, it's the '70s in London. I think that was starting to kind of grow and things like that. Um, he's a great character. He's always got he's. Got a little uh, Ziggy, Ziggy Stardust, Stardust a little bit. He, well, he looks like Ziggy Stardust. Yeah, and I, I wrote here in my notes, I like that he becomes part of their family. He becomes yes. a part of, you the know, crew. the crew, which I really enjoy a lot. Um, and then at the end of my notes, I wrote sequel, question mark, question mark, uh, because there is a end credits scene, and it kind of brings us uh, into... into what we know of, Anita and Roger, before they meet, we know that they have Dalmatians. And so the end credit scene feeds into that. So I'm curious if they're setting it up for a sequel or if they just want it to kind of match that timeline. Do you, I mean, do you want to see the movie from her perspective? Because, like, they'd have to change the movie for me to like Cruella. And they've also, in this movie, no offense, just a little bit of spoilers, so skip ahead a few seconds, with her befriending Dalmatians, so... Yeah. Why would she suddenly be like, I'm going to murder all... Like, I still feel like we haven't quite gotten to puppy killer Cruella. She hasn't completely snapped. She yeah. snaps in this film for sure. I'd uh, rather see another but... heist movie with her. Yeah. Like, where we're just... she's I Like, she can stay this character in yes. the live action world. I'd be fine with it. Yeah. Like, she doesn't need to be a full-on villain. She's just like a catty anti-hero. Yeah. But... Uh, if you haven't been able to tell for all of our rambling, we yeah. really enjoyed it. Definitely worth a watch. Um, I had a friend I saw on Instagram uh, who she went out and did a, a double feature um, drive-in of this and Raya and the Last Dragon. Oh. Which I thought was a pretty cool That's a neat, double feature. Yeah. Um, wor- uh, worth it for us if you you know, you know got a family. I'm sure it's cheaper than taking everybody out to the theaters and probably safer you know, at this yeah, point. Yeah, depending on kind of restrictions and, and where you want to go. But... Um, we enjoyed it. Um, check it out on Disney Plus. Yeah. Anything, it was anything fa- else we want to add? It was just really good. I mean, I feel like there's so much I can say about it, but I also, I don't want to ruin it for you. Even if you've listened through to the spoilers, I mean, if you have, maybe you've seen it, maybe you haven't, and you just don't care. Uh, but I do want to make sure we leave some interesting things for you. So yeah, I think with that, check it out guys. And uh, we'll, we'll see you next time.
Thanks for listening to Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. If you want to tell us your favorite Disney villain and why it's guest on, send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com. Or you can send a tweet about how great Maleficent is, too, at TRP Diaries. Check out our Facebook group by searching for Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, and many more. Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five-star review. Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after. Uh-huh.